Greetings and welcome to St. Andrew's Presbyterian Church here in Fredericton, New Brunswick. We have a very special treat today. Leading us in worship today will be our very own seminarian, Jacqueline Howie Cleland. Jacqueline is in her second year at Vancouver School of Theology. Also leading us in worship today will be her mother, Cindy Howie, along with Tom Good, our music director, David Berry, and I am Reverend Susan Brazier. Let us worship God. Christmas has just passed, but it is not over. The gifts of hope, peace, love, and joy travel with us forever in Christ our Savior. As we journey, these are the gifts that we must share with others. We are also blessed with the Spirit that descended like a dove during baptism. The Spirit guides our hands for God's service. As we journey, these are the gifts we must share with others. Today is a new day where we choose which path to tread and what gifts we have to bless the world as God blesses us. As we journey, these are the gifts we must share with others. As we journey, as we walk together with God in action and in Please join me in prayer. Dear Creator, Redeemer, and Sustainer, we raise our voices up together to worship your name and your many blessings. You have blessed us with the earth that holds us steady, the water that saturates our bodies, and the spirit that guides our hearts. There is nothing that you did not conceive to bless us on this marvel that is earth. You have made all things bright and beautiful for our stewardship. We expect too much some days due to your bountiful giving. We clutter our lives with desires instead of needs to the point all needs are not provided for equally. Dear God, create a love for others and a need to do what is best for them. Dear God, redeem our actions so that they may glorify your name. Dear God, sustain all the growth within us during dry patches in our lives. Amen. Hi, everybody. My name is Jacqueline, and I want to welcome you and thank you for joining us for the time of Christians, young Christians of all ages, because I know some of you are younger at heart than you want to admit. So today we're learning about the Lord Jesus's baptism. And I know I'm recorded, so like I can't see you, but raise your hand if you've been baptized. Well, I see at least one of you have been. So when I think about baptism, I think about water. What are some of those fun things that you love to do with water? Do you like water balloons? Do you like water surfing? What about bathing? Do you like bathing? 
I don't know about you, but some days if it's bubble bath, it's double extra awesome. So one of the cool things about water is how versatile it is. We can do a lot of things with water, but one of the biggest things we should do with water is drink it. And we don't drink nearly enough water. I think it's like eight cups a day minimum. I don't think I've done my eight cups a day today. But one of the cool things about Fredericton is our water comes from somewhere called an aquifer. Now an aquifer means that the water is hidden underground and we have to tunnel down to dig and access it. We have to work hard to get clean water. And God left us as a steward of this earth to take care of this water. That's why you'll notice we don't really have that many gas stations down in the downtown of Fredericton because that is where our aquifer is. And we use water for baptism. So it's our job to take care of the blessings we were given because those blessings will help us going forward. That's pretty cool, isn't it? Now I know that Lucy, you've been learning a lot from Lucy with the time with young Christians, but Lucy couldn't make it on a plane to Vancouver, that's where I am right now, to film this with me. So I thought I'd tell you a little bit about Vancouver. Vancouver has rain, so much rain. Like so much rain, so much water. It's actually a rainforest and they don't have snow. Sometimes they think they have snow, they don't. So all over the world, we have different water. We have different ways to take care of water, different ways to look at water, but no matter where you are, that water can be used as a blessing for you if we treat it right. Pretty cool, huh? Well, thank you for joining me with the Time with Young Christians. And I'm gonna get you to do something with me. Something I've been doing out in Vancouver is we've been giving blessings. And now when we get a blessing, we open our hands and we hold them like we're about to receive a present. So I'm gonna give you the present of a blessing if you wanna open your hands for me. I wanna bless you to have as many blessings as the blessing of water can be in your life. And when you accept it, put your hands on your heart. Okie doke, bye. Let us pray. Dear God, use the water of baptism from your Son to wash away the dirt in our eyes. Bless us to clearly see your words and permit us to see them in a new light. As you separate it day from night, please separate our urge to passively sit from actively listening to your works. In Jesus' name, amen. The Old Testament reading. A reading from Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 to 5. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless void, and the darkness covered the face of the deep, while a wind from God swept over the face of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. Our psalm today is Psalm 29. Ascribe to the Lord, O heavenly beings, Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory of his name. Worship the Lord in holy splendor. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. 
The God of glory thunders, the Lord over mighty waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The Lord breaks the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon skip like a calf, with Syrian like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord flashes forth flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadash. The voice of the Lord causes the oaks to whirl and strips the forest bare. In his temple all say, Glory! The Lord sits enthroned over the flood. The Lord sits enthroned as king forever. May the Lord give strength to his people. May the Lord bless his people with peace. A reading from Acts chapter 19, verses 1 to 7. While Apollos was in Corinth, Paul passed through the interior regions and came to Ephesus, where he found some disciples. He said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you became believers? They replied, No, we have not ever heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Then he said, Into what then were you baptized? They answered, Into John's baptism. Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe in the one who was to come after him, that is, in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. Altogether, there were about twelve of them. The Gospel reading today comes from the Gospel of Mark, the first chapter, verses 4 through 11. Listen now for the Word of God. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair and a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, The one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, the Beloved. With you I am well pleased. This is the Word of God for the people of God. Dihydride minoxide is the most critical element in the entire biblical canon. It is the purest of the chemical compositions, one could say. As John Wesley said in his sermon in 1778, cleanliness is next to godliness. The best agent to become clean is water, and maybe a little soap. 
Today, we're looking at the baptism of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And as we do that, I want to take you with me on a journey. I don't know how much you know about chemistry, but you might learn a little more as the sermon progresses. And you don't have to worry. I promise I'll make this accessible. If not, my mom's watching this sermon too. She can call me a liar. So in baptism, one of the main things across the board is it has this one earthly element that we traditionally incorporate. We may be blessed with the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, but that blessing is brought to us by water. Water fascinates me. It makes up of 71% of our entire planet. And very little of that water is consumable by human beings. Out of the 3% of the fresh water on Earth that we can consume, we only have access to 0.5% of it. The other percent is locked in glaciers, polar ice caps, the atmosphere, and soil. It is highly polluted or is far too far under the Earth's surface to be extracted at an affordable cost. And we are primarily water in our composition. As a typical human being, I know I'm assuming you're typical, it's calculated that we're composed of 60% water. Our hearts are 73% water and our lungs are 83% water. Now the cucumber beats us all at 95% water. Each being, living being on earth, requires some form of water to survive. But why do we need water to survive? It almost seems planned. An even playing field, dependence on each other. From my life experience at grad school, I thought all you needed was coffee to survive. Or so they told me. Well, water is one of the fundamental elements of human life now as it was in biblical times. One thing I love about dihydride monoxide, or water, is that it's composed of two hydrogens and one oxygen molecule. You can picture it as the oxygen having two hydrogen arms reaching out to hug you. Kind of like how God's arms are always open to embrace you. The valence electrons are shared between atoms, and that helps them bond together as a unit. Together as one, three, in one. That feels familiar somehow as a symbol. Yet, besides the baptism of Jesus Christ, some of the most prominent images in the Bible involve fire. Moses and the burning bush are one of the essential elements of our biblical stories. Our symbol as the Presbyterian Church in Canada is the burning bush. And no one ever wants water on that, right? Right? I'm pretending I see nodding here. Feel free to nod, just so it's not my imagination. Yet water and fire, they're related to each other in almost a perfect harmony. One does not exist without the other. When there is a perfect fire, we consider that to be complete combustion in chemistry, which means the fire produces carbon dioxide and water vapor. That means from the burning bush, to have been perfectly burned, and I assume God did it perfectly, it would have been created and creating water as a byproduct. This water would have been invisible and above the earth. Vapor is another word for gas, and it rises. That is fascinating to me. It also makes me think that our symbol of the Presbyterian Church is truly remarkable. Yes, it's the burning bush that harkens back to Moses' journey with God, but it also implies something more, something that came after, 
After a perfect fire, there was water produced, the water of life, and the Spirit was graced the body of Jesus that now blesses us as well. So that gets me started on baptism water. And why do we do it? I mean, I know I shower because I can smell a little, but why do we clean ourselves with water for baptism? When I look up the images of the Jordan River, it looks disgusting. Disgusting. I would not want to clean myself in that. Why would Jesus choose to submerge himself in the filthy waste of humanity? Let's be honest for a second here. We as humans are struggling. We're failing. We have corrupted most of the accessible drinkable water in this world. We do not drink the recommended water intake to keep ourselves healthy. And we have made it so people have not had clean water for longer than I've been alive. We choose sugary juices or sleep combating coffee instead. We ignore real needs consumed by the desire of the world around us. We are consumed with our own filth. And yet cleanliness is next to godliness. How can Jesus be stepping into this unclean water, making him clean? It feels like a trick question, doesn't it? So who says the water is doing the cleaning in this equation? In this moment of baptism, what is Jesus doing? Jesus is accepting his role as the water of life, purified by the fire, returned to offer us true salvation. God sent Jesus who descended from heaven, which was considered in the sky, the same place where the pure water was placed as vapor, the same place the dove came from in scripture. From this place of purity and healing, we are called to gather as a community, to gather as Christians. And this gathering is just not possible with COVID restrictions the way they are. You guys moved to Orange this week. So it kind of makes me wonder, are we failing our baptismal vows? Let's take a moment, generally pause and reflect. Can you remember your baptismal vows? Raise your hand if you can remember them and list them 100% accurately. Now, I don't know about you, but I can't. I was baptized as a baby and I have no recollection of my baptismal vows. Raise your hand if you're in the same boat. I think you all are. This lack of memory is why some people argue that infant baptisms are a terrible idea because we cannot remember our vows. Like we cannot remember the brush of the water that stained our flesh. Jesus in history was baptized as an adult in the Jordan River by John. Yet looking at our lectionary, we celebrate the baptism of Jesus the month after we celebrate his birth. If we count the days, it's just over two weeks later it almost seems like we imply that this was an infant baptism. And there are so many components of not knowing with baptism. John did not know how to baptize with the Spirit. We may not know our own vows. Yet God is still at work, making things work correctly. The Lord of fire and water, 
the Lord of creation, the Lord who separates night from day, but left them always intertwined, the Lord who separates fire from water, but lets them be together forever, the Lord who took the potentially painful fire and made it water, the Lord who made water in the form of a loving trinity, ready to embrace us, ashes and all. In our baptism, we are called to gather. We are called to gather as a community and be a follower of Christ. COVID is not letting this happen right now. We cannot embrace as God wishes us to embrace, as the structure of water Adam suggests we are. We should be. So are we failing? Are we to get up right now? Right now I want you to get up and hug your neighbor. No, no one do that. No. God was far too clever for us in a way that God set up our creation. Realistically, we may never feel God's embrace, but we are impacted and influenced by it. The same goes for water molecules that we use in baptism. Water is wonder, water is. Water is so wondrous, I made it a word. Water is wonders in so many ways. Due to the structure of water, there's a built-in electronic attraction it creates these zones called dipoles. Now these dipoles can have positive or negative charges. So what does that mean for us? That means that based on the electron sharing in the molecule, the oxygen has become partially negatively charged and the hydrogens are partially positively charged. In simple words, the molecule is one in unity, but it's attracted to those around it. Now the other oxygen will be attracted to the hydrogens and the hydrogens to another oxygen. They will arrange themselves in shapes so the hydrogens are near the oxygen, whether they're bonded together or not, without ever touching, by just being present. Water can shape its environment. It can repulse impurities to make these strong bonds, which are called hydrogen bonds. These bonds are so strong that water breaks the molds of other liquid. Quite literally, water expands when it's frozen due to these hydrogen bonding structures and structural arrangements. The amazing miracle liquid that is water, I want you to know that it's inside of us. Water is inside our body, inside our hearts, in our lungs. When we breathe in the atmosphere, it enters through our very moist lungs. Water is what filters our reality. Our heart is made with water because it's controlling our body. Our body is controlled with love. It is protected within the cavity of our chest. Our limbs are less filled with water because our limbs are more exposed to the world around us and more capable of being impacted by outward influence. As we distance ourselves from the loving spirit of water, our heart, the water concentration gets weaker. Jesus made this baptism special. And as long as we choose to have Jesus present in our lives, the mundane can be special as well. So now you've heard a chemistry sermon. I hope it had a good reaction. And I hope you're not asking, what are you doing? <laughs>
God of grace, you call us to pray with open and hopeful hearts, trusting in you, we join together in prayer for ourselves and our world. We thank you for the work of your church and for all we are able to do to bring your love, healing, and justice into the world. We pray for churches that are struggling financially, for churches enmeshed in conflict, for those that are tired and in need of renewal, for congregations that have found a new sense of purpose, give them all wisdom and strength. We thank you for the healing that we have known in our lives, for the experience of being forgiven, for reconciliation and mended relationships, for comfort in times of grief, for pain, ease, and recovery from illness. As a pandemic still haunts lives and nations, we pray for those struggling with COVID-19 and its lingering effects, for those whose emotions are raw from fear or isolation, for those who are exhausted by caring for others and serving the public day by day. Give each one the hope and courage they need to face this new year. We pray for our brothers and sisters across the world who are striving for unity in places of division, for justice in the face of oppression, for peace where violence has broken out, and for daily bread in the midst of poverty and famine. Give them hope and courage to face this new year. Strengthen us to serve you not only with our words, but with our actions. Help us to see others with your eyes and to reach out with your compassion, especially where difference, where differences divide us. Teach us how to work together and show what it means to follow you. And now we pray in the words that Jesus taught us. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven and give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. now from the service of worship to the service of God's people near and far, refreshed by the living water that Jesus offers you. Listen for the parched voices of the least of these. Search out the dry places and the arid souls and become for them a spring of living water. And now, as you go, may the blessings of the God of life the Christ of love and the Spirit of grace be upon you this day and forever. Amen.